0: Hello, and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and joining me today, we have Wales legend, I think it's probably fair to say, uh, and basically the big cheese now at Sale Sharks with Kate okay, McLean on her fraternity lead. Rachel Taylor, Tails, how are we? I'm very well,
1: Mr. Hammond, how are you? You got the snivels. I have. I've got the, I've got the lurgy that's going around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just enjoying a nice cup of lemon sip as we have a chat.
0: Nice. No, you go lemon or blackcurrant. I don't know if there's any other flavours available, but...
1: Lemon every time. Is every it? Every
0: time. Yeah. And then tonight, our little hot toddy?
1: No, I'm not a fan. No? Not a fan. No. I'm going through that. You know when they say starve a fever, feed a cold?
0: I'm, I'm fully embracing that. <laughs> okay, great stuff, um, Taz, we, we we got you on. It's always lovely to to speak to you, anyway, personally or or on here. Um, but obviously, uh, Wales announced their squad this week for the Six Nations. I just want to talk a little bit uh, around the women's game in, in Wales as well. There's plenty of bad, bad press going around the the men's game, but um, some positive stuff going around the the women's. Obviously, we talked some Prem Fifteens as well. Um, but, I mean. You really are a northern gunner, because I know you live up in North Wales, don't you? And really? you coach at Sail Sharks, rugby in the north, big old campaign at the weekend. How is it for you? Is is the word being spread or is that seed being planted?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Um, you know, obviously, everyone will know around our issues, not being part of that initial um eight teams selected for the for the prem 15s and the work that's gone in behind the scenes to try and really raise awareness of of northern rugby um as well as you know try and entice new sponsors a new sort of injection of commercial value into the game new fans um so it's, it's a it's a huge project it's it's something that was was launched literally you know weeks after that decision um and, you know, knowing that we were going to get a bit of support from the RFU and in, in, in helping grow our grassroots game. And to be fair, it's, it's been brilliant. And the club have been brilliant. Last weekend at the men's game against Saracens, we, you know, everybody was in the campaign T-shirts. Uh, all staff and all players were, were on site, you know, directing people if they if they wanted to buy or support in any way that they could or, you know, raise awareness of what it was that we were doing. Um, and it was a great day you know it was it was really well attended I think viewing figures for the tv were for one of the most they've been um, across the broadcasters for for premiership game and obviously there was a sellout sellout crowd at the AJ Bell so in terms of putting it in front of people we probably did a pretty good job that day Um, but obviously there's you know there's still loads to do um, and it's part it's part of a much much bigger bigger project I suppose.
0: Yeah, of course. I just want to just nip back on something you said. Just reading between the lines, and you say that that campaign kicked off days after a decision that um, you, you did have your place for the next cycle of Prim 15. Just reading between between the lines. Uh, was there some pushback to say if we are going to push the you know, North West r- rugby, then actually we, we need, a, that's a huge remit, and actually we need a little bit of a hand, and actually what's set out is pretty draining on, 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 you know, limited resources that women's game has, has at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I'm, You know, like Northern rugby competes with a lot of other sports that are very high profile, you know, obviously rugby league is a massive sport up North in its own entity, but, you know, being in Manchester, we've got probably two of the biggest football teams potentially, you know, um, around as well. So we are competing against some pretty big hitters already. So, like there is an audience out there. It's just how how do we get to them? And I think, like you said, with that, obviously there's a there's a cost element or there's a resource element that's required. But it goes into the bigger plan of of what the RFU want to do. You know, with the women's game, and that is grow the game and grow the awareness of the game and and the fans of the game. And I think that you know they'll do that when they move the game around and there'll be a game hosted in the north. Um, you know, for the Six Nations, and hopefully something will be based around that legacy program from the world cup as well so i think it's part of a much much bigger plan um you know i say bigger plan it probably doesn't really quite address the magnitude of of quite how much could be done but it's also really exciting you know because we've probably got the biggest growth to do out of everybody as well so it, it sounds like a lot of work but you know it, it could be it could be really exciting to do as well
0: that's my tail turning into a positive no, but look, you, you, you're right, and I think, um look, I, I don't want to look back in, the, in this pod. We're, we're going to look forward, Um as we always try, try to do. But um yeah, it, it is a big, big challenge. The sense I get from the likes of Michelle, I'm sure, I respect very well, on the telly at the, the weekend we've had her on the on the pod, uh, is there there is a full commitment there, and it, and it's not just words and you know, uh, again, I those probably talk about deeds, not words, and and it seems like the, the, there's a full investment there, and something to get behind, because you know, it, it's tough at times, a game of, of rugby, whether it be a coach or, or a player, it's tough, and you've got to get behind something, and you've got to believe in something.
1: Yeah, and I, I like, I think it's, it's good to be aware that, like, we know it can't just be a top-down approach, you know, it can't just be sale, sharks, women that try and try and fix the problem, it's, it's not going to be enough, it'd be a drop in the ocean, you know, and it's it's much more of a collaborative approach, much more of an alignment between what the RFU are doing, what you know, like we've a we've a pretty um, amazing foundation of part of Sale Sharks that go out and deliver rugby all over the place. You know, it's just the alignment of all the projects that happen and probably don't point people in the right direction, or we might not quite have the the right structure and the pathway to really retain those players in the game. Um, so there's bits that need to be put around it, obviously you know, there's a massive chunk of, of university can come into that. You know, you've got, um, grassroots rugby, community rugby, you know, our links with, um, sale you know, there's, there's so much more to do to grow the game, but like I said, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's just got to be collaborative approach, I think. And, um, it's great that we have that, that full commitment and that investment, you know, from Michelle and Simon, because that gives us a, probably like another, a bit of energy, but a bit of, um belief that that we're going in the right direction and we're probably doing it for a slightly bigger cause than than what is our own
0: yeah 100 percent. well with the, there's motivation uh, in itself and yeah I, look real positivity around it and um yeah i'm surprised well I'm not, I'm not i'm not surprised in the slightest because i'm going to just ask you to change change hats now but you, you're talking about the, the wider game there in the the, the northwest but now with your sale coaches hat on um around that positivity of what we're talking about uh, pushing pushing up in the Northwest. Um, how was it on the park?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been a really um, different season. It's probably the best way I can describe it. Like obviously at the back of the world cup, um, a slightly different season structure. And obviously, you know, our internationals will go away again now for, for either their international tours or, or the six nations. So it's been a bit it's been a bit of a weird one, but you know, we had a great start to it. We're currently in a 10 game run, which uh it can be quite physically and mentally demanding, like especially on the group that we've got, you know, a lot of our guys are still sort of um full time employed and, and trying to and trying to work rugby around it. So it's been a lot, but we've we've probably looked back on this 10 game block and thought there's a couple of games that we probably could have and should have won. So there's a there's a little bit of frustration in the ones that we didn't pick off um but we're pretty we're pretty on set for part of the bigger plan for the whole season you know we've I've been pretty open with the players and and where we want to get to and the games we want to do and hopefully you know touchwood if everybody comes back from their international duties and and the players that have an opportunity during the cup and training now like our core group you know everyone comes through that we should be in a really strong position for those final four games and potentially you know the best season we'll ever have had and i think considering everything we've probably gone through off pitch, you know, we take that at, at this point for sure. And it's exciting because we know how much it could change in the following year, you know, so we've got that. I so suppose we've got that to look forward to as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. No, it's, I know, it, um, Kevin did uh, one of your games early in the season, um, but yeah, there, there seems to be a, a real buzz and a, an a upward trajectory to it all, um, possibly outside of, the Saracens uh, defeat at the weekend. Just give us a, a quick synopsis of that one.
1: Yeah, Saris, both games that we've played with Saris, like, they come at us really aggressively in defence. And I think um, we created so many opportunities and took none. And I think if if we'd have bought in, or, or if we maybe executed some of the opportunities we had, I think it would have been quite a high-scoring game. Um Yeah, but like, in fairness to that, absolute credit to them as a team, like they they unpicked us twice. I think it probably goes back to that longer term season plan for us. Um, We know that we're not going to take, you know, some big scalps all the time across the season. And we have to be quite mindful in the games that we probably target. But there's a lot of work for us to do, I think, in how we manage, I guess, the mental approach to that. Because you can't go into a game, you know, expecting to lose or, or or um not targeting it, because obviously there's always a target in there, whether that's a performance element, you know, a certain outcome that we're looking for for, you know, a particular part of the game or or points. And I think it's a big learning curve for us and how you get past some of that when it's potentially, you know, it's it might be a bit historically ingrained in you, I guess, as a group, you know, when you've struggled for results in the past. How do you start turning those into wins? And it's probably a bigger piece for us to do off pitch, you know, probably over the summer and into pre-season next year.
0: No five wins already this season, only had two, two last season. So, I mean, already you're more than doubled. Was was there a target in that column?
1: Yeah, I think definitely like we've, we've achieved everything that we wanted to so far. Um, But I think the frustration will come probably certainly from the Quinn's game um, at home. Like we left a lot of opportunities out out there to get those games a lot tighter Um, and then we felt quite frustrated by not taking points off Loughborough at Franklin Gardens like we definitely left a a win out there and you know we have to be quite mindful in in who we're going to target and when we're going to target them and how we sort of get our position up the table Um, you know you'll see it from Worcester Warriors at the moment doing really doing really well because they're picking up bonus points here there and everywhere and it's about it's probably about managing those fights and trying to stay in the ones that you think you can get some points of at the moment. But obviously mentally for, for players, that's sometimes a different challenge. You know, you've got to have competition within the squad so that everyone goes out, you know, with a mentality to win. Of course you want to win every game, right? Like we're all, we're all professional, you know, athletes that are very, very competitive and we want to win. Um, it's probably just having a bit of rationale behind how we do that with what we've got at the moment, but it's a great learning curve. It's, it's, a, you know, it's, it's part of our transition, you know, from where we were to where we want to go. And we have to be mindful of, of what it is, how it feels, what's different. How do we turn those games into wins and how do we slowly creep up into the, the sort of top six, top four of that table?
0: If we could just whiz around the the, the grounds from last from weekend, and we possibly just give your your thoughts on, on, on the on the results, but also but yeah, just in mind of you know, having faced him as a, a coach this season. Um it was obviously big game fourteen. Um Auckland's rather thumped by x54 5425. Watched by a record fifteen point four thousand people um with a long explanation as to uh the technical reasons why they can prove that um so obviously it's quite quite difficult with uh with with big games to see who's in and out. But anyway, that seems to be the case. I think it's brilliant. Well done, uh, Queensland. Now to put on a show, but not on the field at the moment. Exeter are relentless at the minute.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I was chatting with some of the players the other day, and that's probably one of the best performances I've seen from Exeter, like as a complete performance. Um, and, you know, and having played Saris, you know back to back fairly recently, because obviously our game was. Uh, postponed originally like they seem to be coming into some really good form as well so yeah it's, it's definitely exciting but I think Quinns is like a team in, in development isn't it it's a team in transition a little bit you know with a new coach and a, and a few new bodies in there and they're sort of finding their their playing style I suppose
0: Yeah I think that um, I said it on comms at the weekend working on, on BT with, um, with Katie Katie Deely McLean NBA um, she does get annoyed if you don't say it um, that uh, I don't think you can, you know, the impact of, of losing, you know, such entrenched people and not only in the club, but where they started from uh, and the women's rugby knowledge of, you know, the Karen Finleys and the, the Gary Streets, but also the Tony Dip pros, the Lancers and John, these kind of people. Um, and it's been a bumpy road in the, in the coaching box um, since then. Um, so, yeah, I wish Amy Tanner, she's certainly got all the um, all the right tools there. Um, but, um, yeah, fifty four twenty five extra. um Relentless, what was that? Um 12 on the bounce, 12 bonus point wins on the on the bounce. Incredible. Um WASP put up a resilient fight. Um uh, picking up their first point of the season. Um, jeez. It's great. I don't know if, um epitomise what was is about at the moment. Just really, really plucky. But um, as you say, Worcester, good win for them, 55 28. Joe Yap doing her thing.
1: Yeah, big fan of Joe Yap, obviously having the pleasure of like working with her before. Um I think it's been a really difficult season for Worcester as well, though, hasn't it? Like with all the everything off pitch for them, bless them. Like in a, you know, they've gone through it in a longer, for a longer period of time than than we have. But yeah, I think they're bolstered by a few internationals back, weren't they? And you know, like we talk about wasps, I think I think you're absolutely right. They epitomise everything at the moment. And I saw some of those those shots of them celebrating and and understanding what that meant to them was absolutely massive. Um, it's so tough for them this season. I can't even imagine what that's like as a group. But yeah, to be fair to them, they show their camaraderie, don't they, like sticking together and fighting to the death for that. So I think little bits like that will give them loads of energy for the games they've got coming up. You know, I think that'll really that'll really push them on because um, we've seen a little bit of a resurgence from, from obviously DMP Sharks as well, haven't we? So it's nice to get a little bit of... Um, a little bit of good news for those guys and a bit more competition
0: 100 percent. when when you put your application to the rfu for the um red roses job did you do it as a dual thing with joe yap or did you do it individually you know, just took the barbarians framework and just put it to the red roses he says jokingly ladies and gentlemen before wales online pick it up <laughs> I was like, how did
1: you know her? um look <laughs> that. that those conversations have been real interesting though like the names
0: flying around that's probably a whole other it's an, it's another podcast altogether <laughs> um yeah don't yeah, ah oh, who knows don't there be an English female heading it up how about that there's my there's my bet um d m p you mentioned there uh took on sixty points of gossip Harbury what have you made of the uh Self-proclaimed circus down at Sean Lynn's place.
1: Yeah, like, you know, I know we'll come on to talk about some of the Welsh players after, but their involvement in that kind of winning environment at the moment, I think will be massively helpful for, like, their approach to this Six Nations. I think it'll be really different just having that feeling and that, uh, I don't know, it's like added level of confidence really, isn't it? Like going into into a tournament when you're that in that kind of mood, but, yeah, look, they they're a good team, aren't they? They look really you know, collective um on and off the pitch. And I think they've got that nice mix at the moment of like the physicality through forwards, but enough flair through the back line to to do some stuff. And it's it's probably not necessarily like your big name players that you expect. You know, it's not it's not big named red roses that are doing jobs there. It's it's a lot of players that are going very quietly about their business, which is which is quite exciting.
0: It certainly is. Um, Today, a little round-up of the uh, Premier 15s for you. Uh, Updot on the on the table, e- uh, Exeter Chiefs leading the way. Uh, that was a 12th straight bonus point. Uh, victory, Gloucester-Hartbury, one point behind um, with 12 wins, but uh, less bonus points. Then Sarri's on 50, Bristol Bears 41 in fourth. So, Quinn's slip out of the top four on 40. Then Worcester on 30. You could sell Sharks, Loughborough, 18 points to MP10. And whilst picked up their first point of the season.
1: I'm Jess Breach and you're listening to the Women's Rugby
0: Pod. Let's talk international rugby. Switch of hats again. A third hat, uh, possibly even fourth, fifth hat we've had already from you, Rachel Taylor, um, on today's pod. 36-player squad. Hannah Jones is the captain, my captain. Six uncapped players. Um, Before we came on air, you said I should do Welsh accents for these, but I'm not going to. Prop: Abbey, Constable. Flanker, Bryony King. Lock: Charlie, Mundy. Flanker, Kate Williams. And centres, Catherine Richards and Jenna DeVera. You had to
1: get that in, didn't
0: you? You had to get that in. Oh, Kate Kate Williams is is (laughs) Auckland-raised. Uh, and has been with North Harbour Hibiscus. Um, was recently called up for that quarterfinal. If we you know, commentating on it uh, against New Zealand World Cup now, she's played her future to the country of her birth. Vera uh, has progressed through the pathway and impressed in the development 15 games, returned for Megan Davis and Courtney Nye. Your initial thoughts on that squad?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite a good balance. You know, like to have that many, I guess, uncapped players in as well is is quite refreshing you know hopefully they'll there'll be a couple that that get capped over the six nations um i think Hannah being captain is 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 an excellent choice uh you know she's she's not only is she in form but she's very a very solid leader um and i think she's got a lot of trust and a lot of back in from the player group which i think probably you know, coming through the rocky road that that's been, um, I think that'll help them a lot going forward. And like I said earlier, you know, having that quite a chunk of those players at clubs, you know, like your Bristol or your Gloucester, I think will will massively help them as a group for confidence um, going into this this year's Six Nations.
0: And she did it, didn't she, um, for, for some of the World Cup, or well, majority of the, the World Cup? And I always think a captain's got to be guaranteed. To be one of the first names on the team sheet, and she absolutely is and, and has been for, for quite some time. Um, one of those players who just that level of consistency just doesn't ever drop under an 8.5, does it? Um, fabulous uh, rugby player that she is. But, but I just also wanted to talk to you uh, uh, around that. Obviously, um, well, it was like last week, wasn't it? Um, 25 contracts, 24, 25. Um, you said potato. Um, it's double what it was uh, in 2020. To uh Karis Williams um Morgan um is involved with the RAF. So her status as an elite athlete is tied up that um within that. Um just really good news the development team did pretty well. Yeah, and the rugby school celebrations, the uh, the big side game, there's an under 18 side that, that went out there. and actually she are involved in that. New full time cat attack and, and kicking coach in Sean Connor. He's uh, formerly a Bristol kind of, you know, well-regarded coach uh, was with Russia and Dragons Academy and Wales under 20. He'll carry on doing that, whereas under 20, role during the Six Nations. But just seems to be in amongst all the negativity around the WRU and, and Welsh rugby, the, the women's side, you know, Nigel Walker, just been really, really committed to what he said he was going to do. And it, it seems to be some really, really positive, more positive steps.
1: Yeah, I think... You know, obviously, usually around this time of year, isn't it? There's always a bit of a ramp up in, in probably what's been happening and a lot of programmes coincide with each other um, in the build-up to the Six Nations, which is great because obviously, you know, we see it a lot more. Um, but I think you're right, you know, the stuff that Nigel Walker said he would do, he has he has done so far. And I think that goes a long way to the belief and the commitment and the buy-in that the players have, because it's really hard to be told something and it not be delivered like repeatedly. So for stuff to actually start changing will be a huge mind shift um, for that group because they want that change. Um, It has been really turbulent. It's been really difficult. I think, you know, everything that's the the WRU have gone through in the last year and continue to go through now with the men's side of the game, it's rocky. It is. Um, and well, I don't think it's resolved, but like, yeah, we need these good news stories. We need this to be out there. We need to see players, um, you know, supported by the union, put out there and, and and the profile of the women's game in Wales raised because that's massive for our pathway. Uh, you know, on the pathway stuff, I think some of the players coming through are, are are brilliant. Like, honestly, like some of the players that I've had the luxury of knowing through sale as well. Um, they're a really good young group like it's going to take a bit of time the problem that we've got is that it's not a consistent enough program in Wales it's it's very stop start and sort of a bit of a drop in the ocean which is it's really difficult when they are of that transition age it probably needs to be a bit more consistency for them Um, but again you know like you said the pod's all about the future and, and building for that and that's what they need to do you know they they've got a framework they've got some really good examples from the other home nations and obviously the RFU RFU being one so they just need to sort of how how they can best grow the game um it'll be really difficult and I think it'll be fascinating to see what happens to Welsh players based in the Allianz Prem over the next few years um and what happens to what basically what happens to our club game in Wales because that's where we're probably struggling at the moment that that pathway
0: in the in our club game yeah don't, don't get me wrong in, in in any way shape or form that there, there is a huge amount of work probably from the bottom up to to be done and that's the hardest way of doing it isn't it um but yeah they said they were going to give contracts and and to to double those this year with, with what else is going on i, I think yeah, i think we are still at a stage where we have to um yeah just um Celebrate um, small little uh, little steps. Um, you know, Sean Connor, have you ever come across? Have uh, ever come across Sean?
1: Yeah, I've I've come I've met him a couple of times, but usually like he's been working with a like you said through the age grade pathway, hasn't he? And then he was at Dragons for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like and and that's that's another massive win. You know, having quality coaches is huge, and like that that just shows the investment. You know, having people like that put in. So I think. Yeah, like absolutely. Like we have to celebrate those those bits and you know there's parts of the Wales game that we would want to get better. And I think putting people in with real quality coaching experience will massively help that. You know, like we we saw it from a I guess from the attacking side of the game. You know, we want to be a team that's that's exciting to watch and scores loads of tries. Of course you do because you want people you know people to get behind you and support you. So those elements will be huge going forward. And I think yeah, it only bolsters that coaching team that they've already got, but. Like you said, it's it's probably the wider perception piece, isn't it? That it, that it's important for.
0: What chances for Wales in the Six Nations? Then, you've already alluded that you yeah, obviously the, the the positivity around them playing Premier Fifteens, and a lot of them are uh, glossed. Obviously, uh, yeah, Wales Fifteen that uh, yeah has every player playing. Uh, away from home, um, uh, yeah, as, uh, another separate pod. Um, but what what chances for them? Because actually, quite a bit of responsibility now. Uh, possibly Welsh rugby fans getting a bit disillusioned by it all. There's a real chance there. There was such a buzz after performances last year.
1: Yeah, and I think it's probably going to make this this Six Nations one of the most exciting, isn't it? Because like so many teams have sort of cracked on and, and really invested in their game. And like you said, so many players, like whether they be Irish, Scottish or Welsh are playing in, in the Allianz Prem at the moment. So, you know, and, and like you said, a lot of them are at clubs that are doing very well. So it will be really interesting to see where that, that level of performance that they're getting week in, week out now being full-time athletes and with that level of confidence and playing well and winning, which, you know, winning's a huge thing mentally to, to get past, be really exciting. I think selection wise, like it'll be fascinating. I, I don't, you Know there's always a fly half chat in Wales, like there always is every season, <laughs> um, but you know there there's some fly halves that are actually in really good form. Um, so I think it's quite exciting. It's it's going to be a tough year because obviously it's um the blues away, uh, but then obviously we'll you know, have some big games as well at home.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you but put one last hat on before you let you get back to your rest of your Friday afternoon off. Um, yeah, Mystic Meg hat. In peace, two predictions before you go. Who's to look out for in the Wales squad? Not, not a oh, Hannah Joe's gonna have a great tournament, but but who's a, a name that, that that our listeners may not know of? Uh, possibly even a little fringe pair that, that that might set the tournament alight.
1: Yeah, I think most of the pod will know it, but I'd love to see Stakey George get more game time for Wales because she's playing so well for Gloucester, and it does go back to the fly off conversation, obviously. Um but like I'd, yeah. I, yeah, I think if she gets put on that stage more frequently, there is something about her, and I don't think half of what she's capable of has even been untapped yet. So that's probably someone I would like to see a lot more of. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we will see Kate Williams, you know, um, capped. I think that might be one one to watch.
0: Nice, yeah, I can couldn't agree with you more um, on the ten situation. I mean, just apart from anything, just to hear commentators, commentators try and pronounce her first name um, is 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 brilliant. Who's going to win the Six Nations?
1: Oh, didn't freeze. I was just thinking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say England.
0: Are you sent Sunter off? Yeah. Did he so predictions brilliant thank you so much other bits of news to get you up to date with elite one is back on a break now till mid-may in spain the division de honor gets back up and running this weekend cisternose take on burgos Odizia travel to barcelona sevilla host el salvador fellow and said go head to head In sevens, New Zealand make it four in a row with the Vancouver title on its way back to the land of the long white cloud. Australia had to be content with silver again, while USA added a fourth bronze. That leaves New Zealand 14 points clear of Australia in the standings. Staying with New Zealand, Super Rugby Alpiki continues. Chiefs made it two from two with a win over the Blues, Women and Hurricanes. Pua snuck past Matatu on the road by a single point, 25-24 this week. In the final round of the Round Robin stage, Chiefs host Matatu while Blues travel to the Hurricanes. Finally, some shout-outs. Scotland and GB7 star Lisa Thompson has been inducted into the Melrose Sevens Hall of Fame. The first female, well done to you, Lisa And a few weeks back now, huge shout out to the organisers of the charity Touch Tournament arranged in honour of Maddie Lawrence. A couple of thousand raised for the charity set up in Maddie's Memory, Maddie's Mark. And finally, just to keep your eyes on our social channels for more details of our live pod on the 28th of April at the Cabbage Patch in Twickenham of that final round of games in the Six Nations England-France. It's going to be a Six Nations special. Thanks to Tom. Thanks to Vicky. Uh, Tails, thank you. No, It's been um, really, really good fun. I'm going to leave you, leave you there. A short, short one today. Um, Thank you so much for all your views on the Premiership and, and Wales. Uh, it's been great to chat to you um, and good luck for the rest of the season.
1: Welcome, right. on, Johnny.
0: Uh, bless rag-
1: you. <laughs> No, thank well, you very much
0: lovely to see you as ever yeah no great stuff uh yeah enjoy the rest of your friday and get rid of that cold if you haven't already do rate us still five stars subscribe tell all your friends about it we'll see you next week